moving left, trailing three. Good protect. Pass the right cross. Oh, touchdown! Tampa Bay. Oh, Jay Howard, fire them cannons! What a play! Welcome into the Bucks Nation podcast, SB Nation's premier blog covering your Super Bowl 55 champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm your host, Jason Curtis. You can find me on Twitter at JCBucksNation. You can also follow the show on our brand new and official Twitter handle at BucksNationPod. Also, be sure to check out all of our written works at BucksNation.com. We're wrapping up the 2020-2021 season with another special series called Behind Enemy Lines. We're meeting with our brothers from across SB Nation that cover our divisional rivals in the NFC South. Today, I'm behind enemy lines with the Atlanta Falcons. My special guest today is a writer and contributor for SB Nation's The Falcoholic. He's also the co-host of The Falcoholic Live, their live show now available on YouTube. Please welcome in Adnan Ikic. What's going on, man? Hey, Jason. How are you doing? I'm happy to be here. I'm good. I'm good, man. Thanks for jumping on. Really appreciate it. We're going to go behind enemy lines. I'm going to be asking you some questions and then we're going to be doing the role reversal and you're going to be taking a peek behind enemy lines on our side. All right, let's get started with our first question. So Arthur Smith gets hired as the head coach. One of the big head coach hires. Terry Fontenot gets hired as the Falcons GM. Fontenot starts shaping up the front office. We start seeing some big moves right away. He starts off by firing director of football operations, Nick Polk. He's been around for 18 years. Director of Football Technology, Mike Cruz, 23 years, wait, it gets worse, right? So many Bucks fans are not aware of some of these folks that have been around for decades, right? And Fontenot comes in and he's just ripping everybody out and putting new people in. He also went ahead and fired longtime VP of Player Affairs, Kevin Winston, who was around for 15 years, head trainer, Marty Lazon for 11 years. What other big moves are there here for Fontenot uh, to make in the offseason? I mean, they, these are all pretty substantial moves in the uh, in the front office. As far as personnel goes, I think you uh, hit it on the head. I don't think we can see many bigger moves. I think this is just a case of Terry Fontenot coming in and looking to implement his guys, the guys he's been comfortable with. There have been a lot of uh, talks about potentially poaching some guys from the New Orleans Saints, particularly their uh, cap expert. That did not end up uh, working out. Uh, Mickey Loomis ended up retaining his services. But, yeah, I definitely think this is uh, just Terry Fontenot getting his first chance at being a general manager. And I'm sure he had an idea about who he was going to bring with him from the very beginning from – you know, either with the Saints or around the league. So this is uh, just one of those standard situations. You come in and you implement your own guys whom you trust. So Dimitrov was the the Falcons GM for since, what, 2008? Yes. So obviously these are mostly his guys that are sitting in that front office. So this is literally just tear out the old, put in the new. Is that is that, is it as simple as that? I'm, I think that would be fair to assume. I think that would be fair to okay. say completely just because, you know, Dimitrov also kept uh, some, some holdovers as well. You mentioned the years with the Falcons uh, from some of those guys and a lot of them predated Thomas Dimitrov. Uh, I think this is, you know, one of those situations, uh, some modernization is probably in play as well. You know, no disrespect to okay. the veterans of the game, but, you know, sometimes you need a, a fresh voice in, in, uh, in the front office. 
So from a player perspective, let's go ahead and move on to the roster, right? There's a lot of talk around restructuring contracts. One of the biggest names, obviously, is Matt Ryan. And everyone's been talking about restructuring Matt Ryan's contract. And as we've seen recent news, Tom Brady is doing his part by talking about, and I guess it's kind of status quo this time of year. You typically want to talk about what, what can I do? from a you know from a contractual perspective to keep the team together to do my part uh, obviously for the organization so will the falcons continue to make matt ryan julio jones and now calvin ridley obviously we saw him blow up this past season will we see those three continue to be the centerpiece of this team i think we will next season Moving forward, I would not be so confident in saying that. Now, Terry Fontenot just came in as a general manager. Arthur Smith is a first-time head coach. I can't give you any insight beyond my own personal educated guesses as to what they may or what they may not do in the offseason. But I would not be shocked at all if the Falcons went with a quarterback with the fourth overall selection just because – They have not been picking within the top five since 2008 Mm -hmm. since they took Matt Ryan. And I think this would be, I would personally think this would be a perfect opportunity for the Falcons to find that bridge to that, to that next era when life comes knocking after Matt Ryan, you know, we don't want to be in the same situation as as, let's say the New Orleans Saints who now Drew Brees is, you know, potentially gone and Mm -hmm. they have, Taysom Hill as their quarterback you know they don't know what to do with that position you want to be more in a position like what the Packers had when they went from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers right Uh, so I I also would be shocked if the Falcons had uh had a full restructure of Matt Ryan's contract so I definitely think that uh Ryan will partially restructure the contract that's my guess uh with this entire situation if they fully restructure his contract, then Matt Ryan will probably be on the books with too much dead cap to move potentially through the entirety of his contract in 2023, definitely through 2022 as well. So that wouldn't make too much sense if they were looking uh, at taking a quarterback at number four. I also do think that if they don't restructure Matt Ryan's contract at all, then then Fontenot will potentially be tipping his hand a little bit and showing that he will take a quarterback at four. But Ryan, Julio Jones, both of those contracts are have a lot of potential dead cap hit, uh, a lot of ramifications for moving on from them. I don't think we'll see full restructures with them. Uh, four players whom I think we will get full restructures, think of names like Grady Jarrett, Jake Matthews, potentially Deion Jones, guys whom I think uh, Fontenot, Dean Pease, and Arthur Smith are planning on keeping around for the foreseeable future. Well, let's talk about, uh, so NFL Trade Rumors came out with a recent headline about how Matt Ryan and Julio Jones, exactly that, may not be headlining the offense. And there's still some speculation about where Fontenot is going to be going because he came out and said uh, with Sports Illustrated, and said, yes, 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 we are definitely going to acquire both of these positions, and we're going to work hard to bring in competition. But I hold both of those guys in high regard. So he's coming out saying, yes, I hold both of them in regards, speaking to Julio Jones and Matt Ryan, but yes, 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 we're absolutely going to be targeting those two positions in free agency. 
just for competition or is it to shake things up like he's already done with the front office? I think just looking at the cap ramifications, neither Ryan nor Julio Jones are going anywhere just because it would be so difficult for them to go anywhere. Uh, Julio Jones for the Falcons to trade him, they pre-June 1st, they would be losing $15.5 million due to dead cap hit. Matt Ryan, likewise, you lose $9 million due to the dead cap hit. Ryan is a four... It, Ryan is pretty much uh, a $50 million dead cap hit if you move him pre-June 1st. So I think that the Falcons will definitely look at those positions. Mm-hmm. How, whom they uh, pick, how many uh, resources they invest within those positions, we don't know yet. But I think it's definitely a good idea to always bring in as much competition as possible. My personal guess with quarterback, we definitely, definitely could see the Falcons go quarterback at number four. Uh, with wide receiver, I think uh, it'll be a little later. I think with wide receiver, you're potentially looking at one of these bargain bin free agents uh, to bring in because the Falcons have Calvin Ridley waiting in the wings for the post Julio Jones era. But definitely – Julio and Matt Ryan expect them to be in Falcons gear come 2021 headlining the offense. You know, it's interesting when they said, uh, you know, if you thought that the 2020 class of wide receivers was good, wait till the 2021 class. And there's names like Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddell, uh, both from Alabama that are coming in. So it's, it's, it's going to be pretty exciting to say the least, especially at the wide receiver position. But uh, yeah, so I was looking at the draft rankings and I'm seeing that obviously Trevor Lawrence off the board, right? going to Jacksonville. Zach Wilson comes in as a second-ranked quarterback, and then you've got Justin Fields, who has been making a name spreading throughout the NFL, which I thought it was pretty interesting from Ohio State. And then, of course, you got Mac Jones, which was the Heisman candidate, and, you know, obviously he's up there as well. So it'd be, it'd be an interesting play if, if Fontenot decides to, you know, pick up someone like Mac Jones, I think would play really uh-huh. nice. I think uh, also another name uh, is Trey Lance. I Trey Lance. Yep. Trey I Lance. saw his name too. Yeah. Yeah. I think Trey Lance would, I think personally with this quarterback class, it's a, a big four with, you know, obviously Lawrence headlining it uh, with Wilson Fields, and Lance. And then Mac Jones comes in uh, in fifth place. Now, obviously some GMs have different opinions. Mac Jones has been talked up a lot recently, but I would be, I would personally be fine with any of those first four names mentioned uh, Lance, uh, Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, Trevor Lawrence, isn't going to happen at number four. Obviously I'm not delusional about that, but Mm -hmm. I think any of these guys would be a very, very good fit in Arthur Smith's offense. And I think that they would do well to be groomed by Matt Ryan for a season. Let's talk about another name. That's pretty interesting. Travis Etienne. So one area that the Falcons saw themselves struggling in this past season was at running back. And Todd Gurley did not uh, own up to hit to that contract that they tried to bring him in. And yeah, he was injured off and on. And yeah, he was awful. He but was he was terrible. awful. Absolutely yeah. awful. I mean, it was just terrible to watch because honestly, he was just, I, I actually, I, I'm a Gurley fan. I actually, from a fantasy football perspective, I absolutely would have, you know, I jump on Gurley any chance I could. Obviously, this season, uh-uh. I don't even think he got picked up once. <laughs> He's expected to hit free agency as of March 17th. Despite his less than stellar year in the ATL, Spot Rack has him valued at over $11 million on a two-year deal. His current salary is five and a half mil. 
But Falcons have to do something to get their once dominant running game back. What do they do here? I don't think Gurley's going to be in a Falcons uniform next season. I think that's pretty obvious, right? He didn't gel well, obviously underperformed. What do they do? Do they go after someone like a Travis Etienne at the, I mean, obviously that's, that's digging deep because he's ranked what in the twenties as far as overall uh, draft value here, according to CBS, but do they go down Travis Etienne maybe at number four? Uh, Not number four. Absolutely not. I think if the Falcons potentially trade back, uh, from number four, I don't think running back is the play in the first round at all for the Falcons. Got it. Uh, this defense has so many holes. Uh, need a pass rusher. This defense needs two safeties. Need another quarterback. Excuse me, cornerback opposite of AJ Terrell. If the Falcons move back, I think they could allocate some of those resources that they get and potentially use a day two selection on a running back, a popular name. Uh among Falcons nation is Javante Williams out of North Carolina. Uh, I think he's someone whom I would be absolutely ecstatic if the Falcons get grab him in the third round, but I think he will end up going in the second round. I also think the team could potentially uh, shelf a uh, running back when it comes to this off season, just because they have so many holes on defense. And if they do go quarterback at number four, you can't possibly fill all of those holes and bring in a running back. So in that's true in that scenario, maybe they could go after a cheap veteran free agent such as a Marlon Mack or uh, a Mike Davis from from uh, the Carolina Panthers. Davis is an Atlanta guy. He's from the Atlanta area. So I think that's definitely a possibility. Uh, it, it it's not a high bar. Uh, what Todd Gurley set last year, and of course, some of that it has to do with Dirk Cutter's archaic offense and archaic <laughs> run uh, run game coordination. We don't know anything about that. Yeah, was, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I know. I'm I'm preaching to the choir here, but yeah. Dirk Cutter was absolutely absolutely dreadful last season as Atlanta's offensive coordinator, and just bringing in Arthur Smith and you know actual analytics when it comes to pre-snap motion when it comes to more utilization of the play action that should open up the run game some more so definitely there's a lot of addition by subtraction when it comes to the change in play callers more than anything with Falcons run game you're listening to the Bucks Nation podcast our special behind enemy lines with the Atlanta Falcons I'm joined by writer and contributor from the Falcoholics Adnan Ikic it's rumored, and I saw on your Twitter feed, on the Falcoholic Twitter feed, that the Eagles are fielding calls for tight end Zach Ertz. That would be an interesting play for the Falcons to make. Arthur Smith, known for his tight ends and his play at tight ends, would Arthur Smith make a or lobby to bring in a superstar like you know Zach Ertz? Unfortunately, didn't do so well in. Uh, Philadelphia the past year I mean especially we've seen uh, that degrade a little bit but still definitely a worthy tight end option here what do you what kind of play you see there oh absolutely I would absolutely love to see the Falcons bring in a guy like Zach Kurtz whom I think just needs a change of scenery Uh, he's definitely showcased some star potential but again, the problem is the cap space. Uh, he's uh, Spotrack has him as uh, a $12.4 million cap hit this season. Falcons mm-hmm. are in the negatives. However, if anyone can clear cap space and if anyone knows how to manipulate the cap, uh, it would be a Mickey Loomis disciple in Terry Fontenot. 
I think the main reason why there's some traction to these rumors is because Arthur Smith is a tight ends guy. You know, he was, he was gotcha, a tight end yeah. coach and, you know, in Tennessee, he turned John U. Smith into, a, you know, a star player. But I, if I had to put my money on it, I would guess that this doesn't happen just because of the cap ramifications and because the Falcons invested a second round pick into the trade of Hayden Hurst last season. And, you know, I definitely think that Arthur Smith has big plans for Hurst if he is indeed the, the t- tight end one going into this coming season. Uh, they could definitely look into bringing in another big time tight end and run a two tight end set. But with Ertz, I feel like it's just it's just a little bit too rich. But I, I wouldn't say it's completely out of the realm of possibility. We're going to take a quick break. But on the other side, Adnan has some questions for me about the Bucks options and what we expect to see during free agency. We'll be right back. Hey guys, welcome back to the Bucks Nation podcast, Behind Enemy Lines. I'm your guest, Adnan Ikic of the Falcoholic, talking with Jason Curtis about the offseason for both the Falcons and the Buccaneers. Let's get back to it. So Jason, now uh, I've answered a few of your questions, and here's a few questions from me about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this coming offseason. We know that Tom Brady is reworking his contract a little bit to free up some cap space. How much of a difference is uh, is that restructuring going to make uh, with the Buccaneers and with their free agents? How much money is going to get freed up, uh, do you think? And will they be able to retain their big names as a result of it? I don't think it's going to be enough to to bring make a huge dent to be able to bring back like a Chris Godwin with a sizable contract. It's not going to pay the extra amount that I think Shaq Barrett is deserved, right? I mean, he's just coming off the franchise tag at $16 million. I mean, He's definitely $18-plus plus million. Um, so what is it? Two years, 20 million, I believe it is for Brady. So with that restructure, it's probably not going to be shaved like in half, right? So, uh, it'll be interesting how it all plays out because Jason light has not shied away from the fact of keeping Brady longer. So that 20 million for the two years. So let's just split that in half, right? I mean, there's a bunch of incentives with that, but let's just say 10 million for the next year. Um, not even looking at the salary again, I'm going off the cuff here. Um, if we were to look at spreading that out and within the next two years, maybe three years, and then extending that, uh, putting an extension on there with a bunch of incentives, hopefully for another drive towards uh, getting another ring. Uh, I think it definitely could bode well more long-term. Now I think Shaq Barrett's going to be the guy to get paid. I think he's the primary staple to that defense that you've got to pay or what he's owed. Right. I think Levante David, Levante David wants to stay a Buccaneer. I mean, he's been with the Bucs for over eight years. He's he's a key staple to that defense. I don't think he's going to go anywhere. And I think he's going to do what he needs to do in order to 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 take a discount to stay with this team. I think him and Devin White have gelled uh, to the max. I, I just where I think this is going to play a factor is the leadership of it. It's I'm doing my part. I'm doing what I need to do to keep this team together. And everyone should. I mean, it's the Brady effect. I mean, we've seen it across the league. Chris Godwin may take that franchise tag after all, if the Bucks, you know, decide to utilize that franchise tag. Because, uh, you know, Evan Winter, who you know, has said, you know, 
can the Bucks afford to use the franchise tag or for 16 or excuse me, I think uh, for the wide receiver, it'd be 18 million. And although a great value for Godwin, it'd be you could bring back a lot of players, you know, on the roster. So it's it's going to be interesting. But I think the leadership of it all showing that he's doing what he needs to do. You know, I think the same thing with like Matt, Matt Ryan restructuring his contract. It's I'm doing my part to keep this roster together or to make it better so that we can make, you know, for Brady, make another run for another ring. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of bringing guys back, uh, there have been some whispers about Gerald McCoy talking about, you know, potentially saying that he would love to come back and play with the Buccaneers, maybe make that playoff run that he never really got to be a part of with Tampa Bay when he was with the Bucs pre-Brady. Uh, is that something that you foresee happening, uh, a reunion between the Bucks and Gerald McCoy? Well, he's saying he'd love to come back, but that was a pretty bad injury. Obviously, he suffered when he uh, tried to make his move to Dallas, right? He could come back recovered, uh, but it, it's been a long road. It's been a long road for recovery for him. I, You know, and I'm not going to say that he left Tampa, in bad form or anything. I think he maybe was a little frustrated, uh, obviously didn't like the direction or, or the way things were going for him. Um, I don't know. I'm a little indifferent to it. I, I think I'm much more indifferent than I am anybody else, <laughs> to be honest with you. I mean, I, I like McCoy. I think he's a little cocky, uh, but I think we have much better defensive linemen now. Um I would bring the Dominican Sue back before I would bring uh, Gerald McCoy back. I would focus on some other notable free agents. You know, unfortunately it looks like Shelby Harris is actually going to be uh, re-signed on the Broncos. He would have been a very good pickup. Uh, I don't know if, if the bucks can really afford him just given the cap space that they have to play with. Uh, and the fact that, you know, this team's been together for a couple of years without McCoy. And I, Although it might be a good play, the Cowboys do see McCoy as a part of their plans moving forward. I mean, they did have mutual interest from both sides. Uh, so I think the Cowboys are going to do what they can to keep him uh, and see what they can get out of that investment. Definitely, definitely makes sense. And, you know, just final thing, what what do you think that uh, Tampa Bay's biggest areas of concern are? Uh, where are they going to go in free agency? Uh, is it in the secondary where... You know, we saw them struggle a little bit. Uh, certainly didn't seem like the secondary was as strong as the pass rush or the linebacking core. Yeah, week 15, uh, Calvin Ridley torched that secondary for, what, 163 yards. Uh, same instance in the week 17 match against the Falcons, right? I think uh, the secondary's been growing, right? And then all of a sudden, the playoffs are here and they're a completely new defensive unit. I mean, typical Todd Bowles, I guess, just changing the schemes, changing the game, I think, which is pretty amazing. But the fact is, is that that is still a young secondary. I've been critical of it all season long. Uh, I would have loved to have seen more. Of course, Sean Murphy bunting inter gets an interception almost every single game in the playoffs, right? Didn't get one in the Super Bowl. You saw some phenomenal plays from Antoine Winfield Jr., you saw some great plays from uh, Jordan Whitehead and, and others. The consistency factor wasn't there. I don't know if they make a play there. I don't know if they make a play at the secondary. I, 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 I would love to know that that secondary is only going to get better. <laughs> I think that's a key thing. 
But, uh, you know, an interesting play is going to be at the running back position because there's still a lot of question marks about Ronald Jones. And I've said this on past uh, episodes. What happens to Ronald Jones? Does he become the bell cow running back that I think everyone knows that he can be and that he's proven to be? I mean, he almost ran for a thousand yards last season. Or do we need some help with his hands? You know, and maybe they're not ready to put Keyshawn Vaughn in prime time yet. Would you draft Ronald Jones in fantasy? And I love that question because being a fantasy football nerd, I don't know if I would draft him first or second. Um, if he's still available, uh, I probably would would definitely pick him up maybe second or third. Uh, but it, it would be an interesting play for sure. I think it all depends on what they do with Fournette. I think they, he's not going to be a Buccaneer next year. We'll have to see after the draft and see who they pick up. But I think those are going to be two key areas. The other area that I know uh, Zach Blobner from 95.3 WDAE here in Tampa also said to stress is defensive line, especially if they can't get anything done with Nadamakin Sue. Uh, Goldston just kind of lackluster, probably not consistent starter material from that regard. And I think uh, obviously, you know, like I said, Shaq Barrett, I think Shaq Barrett's going to be a huge, huge focal point for Jason Light in the front office. And uh, Ronald Jones makes a lot of sense for that zero running back strategy. If uh, someone wants to go receiver, receiver uh, as a potential bell cow uh, in Tampa Bay, if you can get him in the third round. But yeah, definitely. I don't think they have to rush it. it. That's the thing is I don't think they have to rush it in the draft to immediately pick up, you know, someone that that's been floated around is Najee Harris at number 37. Could the Bucks make a play for him at number 32? Sure. I just, I don't know if they need them that badly. I think defensive line could be much more of a priority than running back because the Buccaneers have Ronald Jones is, is ultimately what I'm getting at. Well, that'll do it for us here on the Bucks Nation podcast. I want to thank our special guest, Adnan Ikic of the Falcoholic. Adnan, tell everybody where they can find you at, sir. Uh, you can find me at uh, on Twitter at say which way uh, is my Twitter handle. And you can find me every Wednesday on YouTube on the Falcoholic Live show. If you're into some Falcons talk, uh, we do that uh, every week during the season and in the off season. Awesome, man. I'm going to check that out for sure. You can also find me on Twitter at JC Bucks Nation, and you can follow the show on Twitter as well at Bucks Nation Pod. Stay tuned in each week as we continue to bring you coverage from all angles, including fantasy football, entertainment, and now from across Bucks Nation. We want you to submit a question, make a shout out, or send us a comment about the latest show. Just send us an email at BucksNationPodcast at gmail.com. Leave us your name and a message, and I'll get it up on the air in an upcoming show. Leave us a review on Apple, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or wherever you download and stream the Bucks Nation Podcast channel. Until next time, wave your flags high and fire the cannon. See ya.